You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Hello and thank you for joining us this week here on the Neutral Zone. I'm Phil Milani, joined as always by Eric Delale, and we have a special treat for you this week. Who is it? We are joined by none other than the Broncos' lead A, Ben Swanson. Ben, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me come on to the show. It's been about a year since you started it, and... I've been content to this point to being roasted and standing in the background, but now I think it's time for me to, to join and speak my, my share. We've been inviting you for weeks, and you've turned us down every single time, and so... Uh, False. It's not true. Somebody take the microphone away from this man. Yeah. Well, we just don't know how much uh, Ben is going to be able to add, so we'll see. This is yeah. sort of like a tryout. Maybe. It's, like a, it's like a teaching moment for him. Maybe exactly. Maybe he can learn a little bit about the team. Exactly. It'll be fun. Yeah. And we can talk about his uh, drawing process. And, yeah, uh, we'll get to that a little bit. later. Yeah. Anyway, uh, today is an off day for the team, so we... Not an are... off day for us, though, Phil. No, not for the R's. And yeah. we're out here. We're recording um, out onto the practice fields. We can see a beautiful uh, green grass. No players in sight, though, because it's an off day. So we're going to go over a few things on this episode. We'll talk about what we've seen from the quarterbacks through the first five days what noticeable changes we've seen from how Vic Fangio likes to run practice, um, and then maybe some of the surprises from camp so far. What do you think about that, Eric? Oh, I think that sounds good. Maybe some uh, injury updates potentially. Yeah. How this defense is looking. We can. There's a lot of roads we can travel down. Yeah. And uh, injuries maybe um, just for in the moment right now as we record because <laughs> – by the time you listen to this, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, well, hopefully you'd listen to this before 2 o'clock on Wednesday, which is when the Broncos get back, back, back to practice. To practice. Uh, but I think maybe just more general about injuries. Okay, okay I like that. Yeah. Okay, well, let's start uh, out with the quarterback situation. How have we seen Joe Flacco progress through these first five days? Yeah, you know, I think the thing that stood out to me most about Joe Flacco is what Rich Scangarello had to say about him during his media availability on Sunday, which was that, hey, Joe Flacco's a better athlete than people give him credit for. His stats don't necessarily reflect the type of player that he can be. Uh, 27 touchdowns at his career high. And I think that so far through a few days at camp, it hasn't been perfect by any means for Flacco, but he's, he's shown some flashes of what maybe you could expect or what you would want him to look like this season in terms of making those big throws. Uh, firing some lasers down the middle. Corlin Sutton's had a few nice catches from him, being able to read the defense and figure out, hey, when is it time to, to dump one off to Philip Lindsay? So is it perfect? No, but it seems like we're getting there maybe. To me, there's been no question through the first five days that the defense is ahead of the offense right now, but that's to be expected. It takes a little bit longer for the offense to come together. One thing I've liked about Joe so far is that he knows where to go with the ball. Oftentimes, he's making the right reads. It just seems like maybe that timing is just a little bit off. But that's something that just comes with more repetition out there. And, you know, like a few times yesterday, he tried to hit uh, Cortland Sutton, but the throw was just like a little bit off. Um, the other day, he, I remember he tried to find uh, Deshaun Hamilton deep down the field, just a little bit off. In my opinion, I feel like those things will come together over time, and then things should be a little bit more synced. 
And training camp is always interesting because you don't know exactly how good each unit is. And so you don't know, is this defense going to be a top three defense in the league? Because if it is, then the offense struggling against it isn't that big of a deal. If this defense is going to be the 20th ranked defense in the league and the offense is struggling, then it's a little more concerning. But McFanjo said, hey, I'm not concerned yet with the offense. He said to ask him in a few weeks and see where he stands with that. But, you know, I think that the thing that impresses me is Joe has taken shots down the field and I think to a couple days ago uh, he threw one in the red zone straight down the middle of the seam and it was picked off by Justin Simmons but the idea was right and he was he was looking to make plays which I think last year with Case Keenum sometimes that didn't happen Case was afraid at times to make the mistake and because of that you never made the big play the Broncos are going to have to have the quarterback make plays if they're going to win games because you can't even if this defense is really good even if Chris Harris and Bryce Callahan and all those guys and Vaughn make plays you still got to score 24 points a game so Flacco's got to take some chances I think also what you're starting to see so far is that trust with the tight ends that everyone's been talking about is really starting to form there's uh the red zone periods he's gone to them a lot you know uh but what I've really liked is just the communication that he's showing with the receivers. That kind of veteran leadership is what you expected when you brought him in here. From my perspective, so uh, shooting practice, I'm down on the sideline by the wide receivers every day. And what I've seen from him is he, he's come over after maybe a you know a misconnection with, with Deshaun Hamilton or with Cortland Sutton. He comes over, talks to them about you know maybe what he was off on or what he needs from them. That's the kind of commu- communication that you need going forward to kind of iron out those things now and then in a week's time, two weeks' time, and then down the season, that's where you're really going to see that, that kind of relationship uh, you know, begin to bear fruit. So even if he's missing you know, by a hair now, I think going forward, is, uh, that's kind of where that's going to pay off. Yeah, and, and we've talked about this before, is you just want to see flashes during training camp. You don't need to see 100% consistency every day. Um, I know you give me a hard time, Phil, because I, I bring him up a lot, but Patrick Mahomes last year during training camp was throwing a lot of interceptions, and then he went out and dominated the regular season. And so I'm not saying that Joe Flacco is going to throw 50 touchdowns, but hey, sometimes... Is Patrick Mahomes on your fantasy team or something? or what? I don't think those have been drafted yet. Well, maybe keeper leagues. That also might be against the NFL gambling policy. Did well, you take I never the, mentioned money, did I? I think fantasy football at all. No, I don't think that that's illegal. Maybe I should retake the the test that you we should. Take. Yeah, go see uh, Human Resources; they'll be able to assist you. I'll do you. that. Yeah, um, but re- regardless, I think we all and it's hard because there's nothing else to go on except these practices we see. But we're like, oh, Joe Flacco threw three interceptions today. Things are terrible. Or oh, you know, uh, Philip Lindsay caught five passes in a row, so he's gonna. You know, have 2,000 yeah. all-purpose Can overreact. Exactly, because there's nothing else to react to. But we do need to remember that what happens now, what happens in the preseason, none of it really matters. Exactly. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. You, know, you don't think it matters? I think it matters a little bit, but, like, let me take you back to, uh, Please do to a simpler time in the mid-2000s when the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning would play these preseason games, and they'd lose every single one of them. The Denver, Bron- Denver Broncos with Peyton Manning? The Indianapolis Colts. This is. I don't remember that time. Got it. <laughs> Allegedly, it's rumored to happen, and they would lose every Blacked single preseason game, and Got then they'd it. go and win twelve games in the regular season. And so, I'm sure the coaches are learning some things, but in terms of the results, 
I'm not sure it's as important as maybe yeah. individual Because you don't know what they're trying to specifically work on. You know, like maybe they're just trying exactly. to work on something. It's not necessarily like, hey, we've got to move the ball down the field. There's two minutes left. We've got to do this. They're working on those situations. But within that, they might be working on very specific things that we just don't know about. I thought, um, you, I thought you knew everything. Well, I, that, I, I mean, I know most things that are going Got on. Got it. Okay. But I'm not. Sorry. I'm I was just clarifying. Yeah. Anyway, I was going to what I was going to say before you kind of went on on a crazy tangent there. Um, this is the neutral zone. Uh, I was going to say the other day we saw Flacco roll out to his left and then flick the ball down the field maybe 30, 40 yards to Hamilton. Hamilton made a one-handed catch, but um, – Flacco made a throw that maybe could not have been made the last couple of years around here. Uh, you know, with with going back to Trevor Simeon or Case let's be, Keenum. Let's be careful here. You know, I think that one thing we got to keep in mind is that Flacco has the ability to really stretch the field, and all plays are open. So uh, I I just think that there's definitely an upgrade, in my opinion, to the position that Broncos just haven't had the last few years, really ever since Peyton Manning. Sure, that's no question. And would you like him to come out here and dominate every practice? I think, of course, but that hasn't happened for whatever reason. Will it happen as the offense gets a little more comfortable? Uh, Maybe, but I think one of the big things with Flacco is Tom Brady said a few years ago, why would I quit playing the game now? I have all the answers. And I think Joe Flacco is going to – there's going to be very few situations that Joe's like, I haven't seen this or I haven't experienced this. Whereas last year with Case Keenum or when Paxton or Trevor were starting, there were situations where maybe you haven't been in this this type of game before. Exactly. And Joe Flacco, I think, has been in every type of game. And so just that calming presence and the ability to say, hey, this is not a big deal, I think will be helpful in a long season because the Broncos have – They've done well early in seasons the last few years. They've had trouble sustaining it. Yeah. And so it's more important to me to have a guy that maybe you don't start 4-0, but are you able to keep positive play going the whole year so that you can finish 9-7 and or 10-6? and I think that um, I think maybe we can get into specifically that in just a second here because I think a lot of that has to do with the things that Vic Fangio is building here. There's a, um, a foundation that is being built right now that I think is going to pay dividends later on in the season. We'll get to that in just a second, but um, one of the last things I'll say here on Flacco is just that I liked how Von Miller put it the other day. I think he was talking to NFL Network. He said, Joe Flacco has Super Bowl glow about him. That he's just got uh, something about an it factor, if you will. That's like you don't have this panic or anything to him. You know, hey, Joe's been there. He's done it. And I, I for some reason, I just think that that is important. Super Bowl glow. Is that like a some type of face product you put on? Like I think it's his hair product. Oh, yeah. The hair Super is Bowl magnificent. Glow. That sounds really nice. That's uh, what That's what makes it hold so well during practice. It's true. It's kind of like um, you know some people say there's like a pregnancy glow, you can f- there's an aura. I don't think Joe Flacco's pregnant. I don't could, think so either. Could be wrong. He does have a lot of kids, <laughs> but uh, I, I wouldn't say that though. So I, I would say evaluating your hairstyle. If Joe's got Super Bowl glow, you've maybe got like preseason glow or like week two loss on the road glow. <laughs> That's probably the most hurtful thing you've ever said to me. I'm just we keep it honest. You know here that on the we don't talk thing. about my hair on this podcast. <laughs> It's in the contract. We'll cut this out. <laughs> yeah, we'll cut it out. This will be edited out. Nobody will ever hear about this. 
Um, anyway, let's move on to the next yeah, quarterback. Speaking of fashion, uh, Vic Fangio's sweatshirts. Oh, that has been a topic of conversation. That is one thing I did not think we'd be. People love the sweatshirts. Yeah. I'm wearing one now. I know. We're all wearing it. It's mandated. Yeah, of course. Company policy. Everyone has to. The dress code has been changed. <laughs> yes. Only They're cozy. I'll say that. We All we're doing now is wearing gray sweatshirts and eating meatballs. 24-7. Right. Some lasagna every now and then. <laughs> Garlic bread has been out 24-7. It's nice. It's nice. Uh, I was going to try and move the conversation to Drew Locke. Is that okay? Oh, sure. I just didn't. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's yeah. fine. You're making uh, our I guest just, Ben I, Swanson uncomfortable. <laughs> I like talking about Vic Fangio. He's the real so deal. I, we're going to get to that okay. in just a second. God! Uh, let's talk about Drew Locke a little bit. A lot of people want to know, okay, what's the rookie look like out here during practice? Does he showing... I think you said it. Flashes. Flashes. Is that something you like to see? What have you seen from Drew Locke so far? You know, with Drew, I think there are team periods where he looks like he's mastered something, and maybe that's the case where there are certain formations or certain plays um, or even certain defenses that he's recognizing because there are times, I think back to Monday's practice, where there was one team period where he threw the ball down the field several times in a row for some nice completions, would have had more if a receiver or a couple of receivers didn't drop passes. Um, but it's a learning process with, with Drew. You don't see him stacking team periods uh, that are consistently good. Um, you don't see him making every throw. The pressure sometimes seems a little bit much for him to handle. Some of that's from working with the third-team offensive line, I'm sure. Uh, but, Phil, we've talked about many times. What I like about Drew is that he's going to go back and work and fix it. Uh, and that gives me faith that, even if it hasn't come together during these first five days of training camp, that he'll get there eventually. Yeah, you are seeing the arm talent. I mean, I think it was Fangio who said that uh, he's got the, the fastball, but he needs to kind of develop some of those other throws. Um, so you're seeing the arm talent that, that you knew you were going to get. You want to see him maybe not hold on to the ball so long. that I've, I've seen him kind of hold on in some of those seven-on-seven seven periods. Um, and kind of you know scramble out of the pocket. You want to see him make those decisions a little bit quicker uh, and kind of make those reads faster. But overall, I, I think he's kind of got the talent that you were hoping for. You just want to see him kind of learn, avoid making the same mistake twice, and, and moving on. Yeah, Vic. Vic said uh, he's a pitcher who doesn't know how to pitch, and he's he doesn't he needs to become a quarterback. He's not a QB of, yet. Yeah, or Q. Well, maybe he's a Q, know. but not a QB. Yeah, that could be part. Still of the working thing. on the B. Yeah. It's very interesting. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, we have a wow. revelation here on the neutral zone. So, if we're ours, what no, are we? It's just ours. We're just ours. Okay, we're, we're fully done. developed. Got it. Okay. Yeah, we're in the prime. Got it. Um, it doesn't seem like Vic is disappointed though with Drew Lock no. by any means. I think he's said, "Hey, this is what we expected." He's not behind. He's not ahead. But like, we're going to go through this process, and we're in no rush because we have Joe. Yeah. If you were in a situation where. He needed to be the starter. Where, yeah, where, oh. like maybe uh, you were hoping that Drew Locke was going to compete for day one to start week one. Then maybe you'd be like, oh, maybe we want a little bit more. But this guy needs to be ready to be the backup. Yeah, and I think he's on pace to do that. We got, he's got five preseason games that he gets to play in. Exactly. I think that if we see Drew Locke on the field this season, that means something's gone wrong. Either a Flacco uh, injury. Or uh, this season has taken a turn, and you're just trying to get lock some reps. So, well, what if, uh, say, week 16 against the Detroit Lions, Broncos oh, are 14 and 0. 
That's true. The one seed is locked up. Uh, you got I would go for a perfect season then. Oh, you would? Yes. Okay. That's I think... Well, what if... What you if, jogged my memory here, but I think Peyton Manning, uh, something with the Colts, right? I thought he didn't play know. for the Colts. That's true. I don't know what I'm... That's like a born identity. You know, when you have like flashbacks, you're like... What? That season that what you were that referring happening? to, they were uh, 14-0 and then they sat their starters in Buffalo. I actually, as a young you child... Wept. I actually, a young child was in those stands. In Buffalo? Yeah. The snow was raining down or maybe snowing down upon Were us. your tears crystallizing yeah, just, in the ice? I had a huge block of ice on my face. Uh, the Colts, though, did make the Super Bowl that season after resting Peyton for two games. They made the Super Bowl. Correct. Hmm. I don't know. I, when you talk about goals before a season, you're like, let's make it to the Super Bowl. Not. Uh, I don't think you, you necessarily want to. That's not what you this. normally say. Yeah. Phil, weren't you saying you'd go for 16 0, but now you're saying that. What, what are you even. What's your point here? I think he's saying that if you, you have the chance for 16 0, and then you go to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. No, I yeah. understood. Yeah. A's just don't really uh, comprehend. But the um, how did it work for those uh, those Warriors when they when they went for the uh, regular season? That's basketball. They weren't yeah, undefe- they the weren't undefeated kinda... actually, and they ran into the greatest player in the history of the sport. So it's a little tough for them. Michael Jordan came out of retirement and um, beat them single handedly. Is that um, what you're talking about? Or I don't think that's what I was talking about. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but just for listeners uh, at home. Small aside here, but just um, I personally believe that Michael Jordan is the best player of all time. I work with a bunch of young kids, um, and they just all they know is LeBron James. I, it's true. I don't have the experience of sitting beside my transistor radio late at night and making a nice fire and listening to Michael Jordan compete against uh, you know postal workers and other oh, yeah. such. Unathletic right. fellows. Yeah. So you're just going to just discount the NBA for his entire era? I think so, but I well, don't think that... I well, think if you're interested in maybe like a okay. substantive NBA argument, one, we wouldn't be listening to you, and two, you probably wouldn't be listening to the neutral zone. So yeah. maybe we should get okay, back let's to the get football. Back to well, okay, my thought on Drew Locke here, one thing that I really liked but you, so but you, far from So him. even if you're... 14 or no, you don't want Drew Locke playing? No. Okay. Go I would play Drew Locke. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so uh, I've liked how he hasn't got flustered ever. Maybe if things aren't like going necessarily well out there for him, you'd never see his um, you know, uh, his body language doesn't show like, hey, I'm really upset or you know, uh, what's I don't know what's going on or anything like that. He always looks sort of composed and um, he gets in and out of the huddle really well. You know, like he goes into the huddle gives out the play call, team breaks huddle, they all go to the line. Everything looks really organized and professional. So I will say that's a really positive sign. Like Swanson said, the arm talent has been there. We've seen that. And um, it's just a work in progress, I think, for any young player to just sort of develop the little things that it takes to play quarterback. I mean, this is Joe Flacco's 12th training camp. This is Drew Locke's first. Yeah. And well, and quarterback's the hardest position to play in sports. Exactly. Some, I mean, there's little things like Drew Locke's hard count is really good. I think yeah. he's gotten some of his own players to jump a couple times, which is not ideal, not but a uh, really good hard count. Did you see him hit a referee on uh, Monday? Uh, I didn't see it, but Swanson, I think he saw it. Yeah, that was some arm talent that he showed yeah. at the referee right in the head. 
<laughs> the crowd just goes, oh. It was not during a play, to clarify. Oh, no, no, no. After no. a play, throwing the ball back to uh, a Broncos staffer, and the referee. Yeah. I think he was trying to throw it to you. Uh, I don't. Th- I was in a no. tent, so. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's right. So I don't <laughs> think so. Um, Interesting. But no, Drew, I think uh, I'm interested to see how he does in these preseason games because yeah. that'll give you an indication. He'll, he'll be playing against other rookies, other young guys, other guys on the fringe of rosters. How does he compete against those guys? Um, I feel like he's going to throw interceptions. Yeah, that's okay. That's what he said a lot, too, is tutties. I'm not afraid to make mistakes, but I just want to learn from them and move forward. So. Of course. Speaking uh, of moving forward. Well, I was going to say, before we get to Vic Fangio, oh gosh. let's just have Been one quick thing on uh, Kevin Hogan and uh, Brett Rippon. Just a real quick thoughts on them. Just uh, let's get through that a little bit. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, let's just get through it. Phil. Well, yeah. let me no. get your thoughts. Uh, well. Yeah, uh, Kevin Hogan had a rough start to training camp the first couple of days. I think he's rebounded really nicely. I agree. Um, and I think that he provides you with a nice baseline. You know what you're going to get with him, I think. Um, he started some games in the NFL. He has extensive playing time as well as a backup. And so I think the Broncos are probably comfortable with if Drew Locke doesn't go out there and show us that he's ready to be a backup, we keep Kevin Hogan and Drew Locke. Yeah. And then we know that we're safe in the event that something happens to Joe Flacco. And unfortunately, I don't know if there's a whole lot that Kevin Hogan can do himself. You know, I think a lot of it is dependent on how he plays versus Drew Locke. Um but I do think he's impressed me with how he's responded because it'd be really easy to have a few bad days at training camp and be like, I'm done here, yeah. you know? And he's he's responded nicely. And uh, he's getting pretty much all of the second team reps. Yeah, every now he's and with, then Drew will get a few, but yeah. largely uh, Kevin Hogan. But the two of them are getting roughly the same amount of snaps out there, uh, both in team period and seven-on-seven. Seven. But uh, Hogan is the one who's playing with the other number twos and then uh brett rippon you know he's made the most of his limited snaps i think out there and i think he's just trying to show coaches that maybe there's some potential there that hey he's worth keeping around let's see what he's got and uh you know i I, i'd be surprised if he got some preseason playing time but you never know you don't think he's going to play in the preseason i mean he might but i'd be surprised even vic fangio was saying that look most teams they only have three quarterbacks in camp Broncos have four, so uh, I'd just be interested to see. Maybe he he'll play like a series to close out a game or something. Yeah, I think maybe he plays a lot actually in like the Hall of Fame game or the fourth game, especially if I'm sorry, I'm talking about Brett Rippin. I uh, yeah, oh. like there's a chance that they just say, <laughs> hey, Hogan only needs to play a couple series in the Hall of Fame game, and then you give Locke a half and or the three quarters and give Rippin a quarter. I, I mean, would be surprised, but maybe. I never, mean, you never know. Like, what is the point otherwise of having him on the roster if you don't want to see what he can do? You see what he does in training camp, I think. But is what lim- I, very thinking. limited snaps. I mean, yeah. I think most days he's getting four to six team reps. Yeah. So, That's what I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know. I think you might see a little bit more hmm. Brett Rippin, especially if maybe by the we'll end, of, out. end of uh, the preseason, if it's clear that Locke is going to be the backup, maybe Rippin gets a half. Yeah. Um, I mean, it all depends. Are they trying to do something for the kid and say, hey, get some tape so you can catch on somewhere else? Or maybe they decide, hey, this kid's practice good enough squad. to be on our practice That's squad, what I'm saying. so now we don't want to play you anywhere so yeah. that you don't catch people's attention. But so That's what I was thinking. Under over one touchdown for Brett Rippon in the preseason. Under. I, I legitimately don't think he's going to play much. Well. Yep. Maybe a series here or there, but that's that's my opinion. It wouldn't shock me if he threw a touchdown in the preseason. We'll have to see. Um. 
Anyway, let's move on to Vic Fangio now. Uh, are you sure there's this, nothing else you want to just throw in I've there? I've talked about how all your, I need to talk about the quarterbacks. No, we've talked about the quarterbacks. That's what okay, I. Got it. That's what we wanted to do. Seems like we're talking about everything before we get to the Godfather. Now we can talk about Vic Fangio. This training camp is unlike any other training camp that we've seen. Certainly uh, John, different than John Fox, different than Gary Kubiak, and different than uh, Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph. It's sort of a blast from the past. Maybe more of like a Mike Shanahan type of uh, training camp. Mike Shanahan was here. He was. You think there's like a connection there? I don't know. Kind of makes you makes think you a really bit. think about yeah. it. Hmm. But yes, what are some of the things that uh, there's a lot to talk to? But you know, there's no music. Their practices are longer. They're almost two hours, forty five minutes, two and a half hours. Um, what have you thought about some of the changes that uh, we've seen? I think the biggest thing is I just think everything makes sense. And sometimes coaches do things that you're like, that doesn't make sense to me. Not necessarily here, but just you look around the NFL and you're like, why would they do that? Everything that Vic does makes sense. And obviously we're in a little bit of the honeymoon phase here where we haven't played a game. And so we don't know, is he going to burn him out during training camp? And then you go on a long losing streak. Like, obviously, then you look back and say, well, the long practices don't make sense. But things like not having music so you can hear the coaches. Uh huh. It makes sense. Things like not having the coaches yell out to you while team or seven-on-seven drills are going on because you can't do that during a game makes sense to me things like uh, wearing game jerseys or what else the long practices to simulate being out here for the length of a game all of that to me makes sense the things like off days they're gonna have practice in the afternoon so they can get back in here and meet you know i think if you come from an off day and you go right back on the field at 9 a.m you could waste a practice if guys aren't you know locked in mentally uh, on top of what they're supposed to be doing. So I think it it seemingly is a good idea to get them back in the meeting room first. And again, we don't know how any of this is going to work out long-term or if it's going to have an impact. And we won't know that until maybe the season's over. But they seem like logical ideas. And so, to me, I want more. What do you have next, Vic? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the most noticeable part is the music right a lot of guys have been asked about it after practice chris harris basically said well i don't care like you know whatever but you know as as long as far as it goes like um being able to concentrate that's the biggest thing i mean it's nice to see guys you know dancing having fun it's always nice to kind of be able to connect with the players and when they're showing their personality but ultimately the fans the people on the field, the players, what they're going to care about at the end of the day is going to be, you know, whether they're developing, whether they're becoming better players, whether the team is becoming better. And if that happens because you can hear your coach easier, that's all that really matters. Right. Yeah. I mean, would it be more fun if you're dancing around and Vaughn is running up and down the berm? And, you know, there's a lot of ways you can make this more fun. The It's fun to win. And so if it makes you win, then that's good. I, Go ahead, Phil. Well, I was going to say, there just seems to be a lot more like, um, I don't know, I, I think discipline is used too much, but there's a lot more of like the players are saying, I believe in these coaches and whatever they tell me to do, I'm just going to go out there and do that. And and there's a sort of, um, I think we heard uh, Vic Fangio talking about it the other day. He said, they're building up their calluses so that they're going to struggle. It's going to be hard these first two weeks here, but once you get past that, that uh, barrier then it's you're not going to feel as sore and you're going to be you know it's sort of like um 
you know, like a boot camp or like, something like, like that. Breaking you know, in a like, new pair of Sperry's. Exactly. <laughs> Which, uh, of course, you're very familiar with. Right. The first uh, time you put on a pair of Sperry's, it's going to hurt. Exactly. But you wear the this Sperry's This is coming a from days. a guy who's wearing uh, shorts right now that have crabs on them. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Well, better just better on Martha, the shorts. From Martha's you know. Vineyard, uh, ready to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're on the Cape here at UC Health Training Center. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, that's what I would say is that there's like a discipline and sort of a, you know, like a, just a different kind of, I know he doesn't like to say it, but culture really oh, feels a lot that, different. Do not say that. That's a, I'm going to say that. Vic has said, everybody loves culture. I want my yeah. culture to be having good but, players and good coaches, uh, yeah, and then we win games. But like even I like uh, Terrell Davis was here on Monday, and we I talked to him, and he said, "Wow, I did talk to him." You can find that on the, uh, the Broncos web. official YouTube page, and also on uh, DenverBroncos.com and uh, at in. Broncos. <laughs> Pretty soon after this gets posted, you'll find out what I talked about with him. Um, exactly. But anyway, he noticed it right away. He was like, there's being a foundation built here that is going to last the course of the season. And that's kind of getting back to what we talked about earlier is that the Broncos have got off to hot starts. But as soon as they've been met with some adversity or something goes wrong, it seems like the whole season has gone off the tracks. I'd be really surprised if uh, that happens with this team, especially a Vic Fangio coach team. They are going to be mentally tough and ready to go once the season hits yeah and I don't think that means necessarily that you're not going to have losing streaks because that could happen that happens to a lot of teams that doesn't mean you're not mentally tough I think what will cease to happen is games where you just don't show up you know you think back to the Broncos went to Buffalo a couple years ago uh, and they just didn't show up to be quite honest they were they didn't play well. You go to San Francisco last year in need of a win to stay in the playoff hunt, and they just didn't show up in yeah. the first half. You think of uh, they go to Philadelphia a couple years ago, didn't show up, got blown out. You go to Miami uh, where Vance Joseph used to coach, and that could have been, hey, let's let's end this losing streak and get yeah. things back on track, and they didn't show up. I don't think that's going to be the case where even if, say, you lose a tough game uh, on the road on Monday Night Football to open the season, which we hope doesn't happen. But say you lose the opener. I don't think they're going to come back and lay an egg in week two. Yeah, I just think there's a lot more level-headedness around here now. You know, like, even after practice, if a guy has a really great practice, Vic isn't going to say, this guy's been really impressing me, this guy's been doing this, or we're so, like, blown away by him. No, it's a lot of level-headedness where it's like, yeah, he had a, he had a good day. Um, let's see what happens tomorrow, or a lot of that kind of thing. And, you know, that speaks to Joe Flacco, too. Just very level-headed, you know, I uh, throw an interception use right back the same person the next play well and some of its perspective right vance joseph for example was a relatively new coach in the nfl like he was obviously a first-time head coach here but he didn't have a ton of experience in the nfl vic had 33 seasons of nfl experience before he got to this head coaching stop and so he's seen a lot of these seasons he's seen uh seasons i'm sure where you start really well and end poorly or you start poorly and end well or there's bumps in the middle of the road and so he can kind of lean all that lean on all that and say one training camp practice does not make a bad season 
this isn't to like knock Vance Joseph at all because I do think that there's teams in the NFL that can win that way. You know, like that they have music going in practice and they have a lot of fun and you know the quote unquote players, coaches, vet days, and all that kind of stuff. People win that way too around the league, but maybe for this team at this moment, they needed a coach to come in and who was a little bit more of a disciplinarian. You know, um, you've even seen Vaughn. You know, instead of dancing out here and stuff like that, he just seems a lot more locked in. And I think that's how you get the most out of players. And with the roster that the Broncos have right now, they need to just be able to get the most out of what they have. Right, and I think in part because a lot of your key contributors are really young, and so they need to kind of be, you know, held to that standard. But then you've got a lot of other guys like Vaughn and Chris Harris Jr. and Derek Wolf and Emmanuel Sanders that are kind of getting up there in their careers. And so they don't have five, six, seven seasons left, probably. And so you're right, It's if they want to make a run, it's time to do it here in the next couple of years. In regards to Vaughn, I thought Peter King uh, came out here a few days ago and was talking to, to Vaughn and Vic Fangio, and one of the things Vic said, I'll read this quote, uh, one of the things Vic said about Vaughn Miller is, players want the truth. Jo- Joe Madden told me, if I tell the truth to a player and he doesn't like it, he's going to be mad for a couple days. If I lie to the player and he figures that out, he's going to be mad at me forever. And so I think Vic holding Vaughn to that standard uh, is only going to help Vaughn. It seems like Vaughn has latched onto that and is okay with it. And there's small changes in Vaughn. It's it's not a big deal necessarily, but last year and every year since I've been here, Vaughn would be one of the last players out to training, out to practice. You know, a minute before practice started, Vaughn would jog out of the locker room, get the crowd going, and then they'd start stretching and get going. Vaughn's been out here 10 minutes early, 15 minutes early. And that's just a small thing, obviously, but I think it's reflective of what Vic can help him do. I think that level of honesty goes a long way for players no matter what, stage in their career they're in you know for a player like Vaughn Chris Harris like they need whatever level of honesty to kind of just fine-tune where they're at a player like Trinity Benson these guys who are kind of on the bubble or on the bubble of making an NFL roster period like they need whatever they can get and so being kind of harsh with them could frankly go a long way you know in making the steps where they need to just make an NFL roster um, and kind of being able to be honest with everyone holds them to, to a standard that is going to make the team better, is going to bond the players together, is going to make the overall you know Broncos in better shape, you know that they know where they're at, whether it's training camp, whether it's the first week of the season, whether it's week 10, whether it's the playoffs. Yeah, Derek Wolf did say this team's chemistry and togetherness feels a lot stronger than it has in the past, which... I think there's definitely been an offensive-defensive divide over the last couple of years, and so if Vic's found a way to solve that, uh, then that's a big win in its own right. And there's a lot of respect factor going on too, so you don't really see uh, so much. I don't know what I, you know. There's just everybody's respectful out there, so I think that goes a long way in building trust and chemistry. What you, like, are they saying like, "Great job out there, lad"? Yes. Oh, okay. I've heard that a lot. You're clo- you're closer to the field than I am. I'm right in there, and like uh, Cortland Sutton, I'll make a catch over like Chris Harris, and they'll just be like, "Great job! I'm so happy I'm for you that you. you made that catch." And like, they hug for a little while. Wow! I need then, to pl- uh, I need to pay closer attention. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I saw from uh, Will Parks and Cortland Sutton in the one-on-one drills the other day. Swanson's trying to stir it up here. <laughs> no, you know, it's even... healthy competition. Uh, you know, both those guys have a lot of energy. Uh, but there is a lot, there is a lot of, uh, I would say, friendly chatter. Um, guys like Cortland, guys like Deshaun, you know, of course they're going to, they're going to, you know, well, I mean, like with their own teammates on the offensive side, they'll point out like a good route that, you know, whether it's a guy who's a wide receiver or a tight end, they'll point out a good route. And if there's a good defensive play, you know, from a, from another corner as they're watching from the sideline, they point that out too. Um, overall, I just think that, that this kind of friendly nature you know, it doesn't have to be all one way or the other. I think that being competitive kind of also goes hand in hand when when it's finally time to face guys in other jerseys. Like those are when those kind of relationships are, are kind of going to bear fruit. And you know, I don't know. Like I don't think it's got to be all buddy buddy. So I have heard the Cheerio lad though. That's nice. Cheerio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the game is trying to expand to London. Exactly. And so they're trying to incorporate some of that into right. training I, camp. I personally don't watch one-on-ones because Vic Fangio doesn't watch them. So Vic yeah, doesn't watch them. I, I don't know. watch them. Did you get that um, book that Vic wrote, like how to watch football? Yeah, I've read yeah, it six That's times. like your Bible, Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Great book. Every night before I go to bed, I put a hand on that book and I say, teach me a little bit more to be like Vic. And you put it under your pillow. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, where else? Exactly. Where else would a book like that go? I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to the third part that we want to uh, talk about here on the neutral zone. If you're listening, uh, it's Eric Dalala, Phil Milani here. Special guest, Broncos official A, Ben Swanson. It's great to have him here. It is. He really, it's really nice. He really paints a picture of what training camp has been like. I just want to ask, what if someone missed that episode where y'all were talking about R's and A's and things no, like that? No, I think people listen to every episode of the neutral zone, so it's a little ridiculous, kind of a... An odd question to ask. Well, I missed the last episode. I'm not going to lie. All right, get off the podcast. Did I miss anything? <laughs> Can we just recap what happened last time? Security! <laughs> Previously on the neutral zone. Oh my gosh, Swanson's gone off the rails here. What is the, what is the next uh, topic you want here? Want to talk about some of the uh, young guys? We want to talk about some of the surprises Ooh. that we've seen so far at camp. And this particular topic is very difficult for me because... Uh, you don't know the roster. Right I only <laughs> I only know the fifty three. Got it. Well, could, so I'm learning the roster right now. If you know the fifty three, can you doubtful just, of that? If you know the fifty three, can you just tell us who's on it? Um, eventually, I'll be able oh, to so do you it. Yeah. you can't like predict the fifty three? No. Oh, okay. I, I misunderstood. Just, see, when you get to be my age, if uh-huh. I learn something new, that means something. I'm forgetting something else. <laughs> yeah, I've maxed fair. out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, I think that makes total sense. So, like, I if I learn a lot of guys and then they're not on here. On the on the team, I'm just going to lose a bunch of stuff that I used to know. You could forget how to drive your car. Correct. Yeah, that could be. That's bad. the risk that I live yeah. with. You're like learn every day. Learn Austin Fort's name. Goodbye, uh, knowing how to do laundry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so maybe so should we each just pick a scary. a guy that surprised? Well, yeah, us? let's uh, each pick a guy who I think that maybe has stood out these first five days that we were like, oh, huh. huh, huh. Do you want me to go first? Please. I'm going to take a really. Uh, I'm not going to take a, an undrafted guy. I'm sorry. Just take a guy. Let's I'm going to take Noah Fant. Uh, first round pick, but... <laughs> what were you expecting from the first overall pick? I wasn't. Like, well, not the first overall pick. I mean, Phil. the first round pick. 
I wasn't expecting first overall pick for the Broncos. I wasn't expecting him to ball out. No, I, I wasn't expecting him to adapt to training camp to the offense this quickly. Uh, you know, they talked a lot about how he needed to improve his blocking. They talked about how he needed to get used to an NFL scheme. Uh, he's making plays already a few days through practice with the ones. Um, and that, to me, is a little bit of a shock. I thought eventually, like midway through the season, he'd become a good player. Yeah. But he's showing me that week one, he could be that guy that's going to be a threat. Uh, Jordan Palmer, I don't know if you know who that is or not. The quarterback guru. Correct. He uh, went on one of your favorite shows, Good Morning Football, today, uh-huh. and he said that he thinks Noah Fant is a generational talent really? at that position. Yeah. Well, that's that's a, pretty nice. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we've seen that he's got the tools. He went into the hardware store. Right. Got a he's bunch not of a tools, carpenter yet. But he's on his way. What was it? Handyman. Handyman. I don't know. Yeah. No, but I really am surprised with how well he's been able to jump in. And to me, if he's already making plays with the ones five days in a training camp, that sets the bar a little bit higher. My expectations right. for him are now not a couple touchdowns, a few touchdowns this year. It's, hey, can he get to six, seven, eight touchdowns wow. and be a guy that causes mismatches? Because we've seen him line up in line. We've seen him split out wide. Uh, and he hasn't always been the slot guy. Sometimes he's been far, like the farthest receiver out toward the yeah. sideline. So it seems like they're going to put him a bunch of different places. He's caught some screen passes. He's going to do a lot, I think. I agree. I mean, uh, I saw him on draft night, and he was, you know, a physical specimen. He looks the part. In a suit. But when he's got his pads on and he's got his helmet on, boy, is he big. And you probably could barely hear me right now. <laughs> That's because we're uh, standing, we're b- recording outside uh, near the practice fields. And uh, these are the kind of things that happen out here at the practice field. Uh, <laughs> It sounds like a lawnmower, but you're not going to believe what this is. This is a uh, a fan that dries the field. Yeah, that's not, uh, not crazy. like a not like a person. It's like a machine. Okay, Woo. we're back. I think you can probably. Yeah, we've got out. about 45 seconds before <laughs> it's back. I'm right back. Okay, <laughs> the machines are taking over. So maybe we should uh, get All cooking right. here. Uh, but I will say, uh, fan, when he puts on the pads and has a helmet on, and you're standing next to him on the field, he is huge, and. Uh, we know that Travis Kelsey, tight ends, Gronk, you know, we've seen him throughout the league, mismatched nightmares, and I think that this guy could be that for the Broncos. What I've really liked is he makes a lot of, I guess what I call uncomfortable catches, tough balls that are either a little bit behind him, and he really, like, catches them just with his hands, traps them against his As body. As opposed if he to, like, to. maybe getting stuck in his face mask or something. As opposed <laughs> to catching it with your body. Oh, got it, got it. Uh, when got he it. needs to, like, he'll – you know he'll trap it against his body, but I like that he's using his hands to make those catches. Like I know it sounds stupid, but uh, I think that he's no, it's important he's a, to catch with your hands. Yeah, yeah. I think he's looked really good. He's got like I think probably about a two touchdowns a day. You know, obviously some of those come in the red zone, but uh, I really like what I've seen from him. Yeah, I I think that uh, Noah Fan. Ah! <laughs> It'd be really funny if actually they can't hear that much at all. That's true. You can't, I can't hear anything right now. Um, moving on, I think uh, one of the players that has really impressed me a lot, and we've heard um, his name in the media a lot, so not as really surprised, but Trinity Benson has been uh, really a standout that I certainly didn't know who he was. Where did he go to um, school? Southern Central, Southeastern Central. Incorrect. At a... Uh, Oklahoma. East Central. East East Central. Yeah. Uh, in o- Ada, Oklahoma. A-D-A, Oklahoma. 
You, you were close right now. You were cl- you were close. I'm I not impressed, impressed necessarily, yeah. but I will say that he brings some tools to the Broncos that uh, maybe they didn't have um, or didn't know that they had. He is fast. When he catches the ball, he really takes off, and uh, he really could develop into that returner role and maybe like a sixth wide receiver on the team. He's got that Isaiah McKenzie speed. I know he people does. around here. He's bigger than Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah. But he's got bit. that speed. Yeah. And you're right. He has a legitimate chance to make the roster. Sometimes we talk about these guys from camp who are, you know, camp standouts. And it's like, well, they don't really have a chance to make the roster. This kid can definitely make it. Yeah. And well, we heard Tom McMahon say, hey, we think he's got some tools as a returner, but he's got to be able to play some offense and be – he's got to be valuable there. Yeah, he's got to – well, he did say, I think – He's got to work on catching the ball, too, because that's the most important part of the return position. And as we know, that's why Isaiah McKenzie didn't stick, because he couldn't consistently hold on to the ball. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if you think Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick are definitely going to make the team those four guys. Then you've got – if they keep six receivers, you've got two extra spots for guys like Jawan Winfrey, who you think would make the team. team, Brennan Langley, uh, Trinity Benson. Um, who else? River Craycraft is there. So there are a couple spots up for grabs, and so it's not a situation where he's got no shot. Well, I think the top five wide receivers are pretty much locked in. So you think Winfrey's a lot? I do. I do. And he's been a camp standout, I think, until he, he missed practice he's stay on Monday. Healthy. Yeah, exactly. But I do think that he's shown enough to be like, look, this is, this is why we drafted this guy in the sixth round. So I do think the five are locked in. It's just going to depend on what a sixth guy can bring to the table. If that means that he can play special teams and then also play some offense in a pinch, if Trinity Benson can show that, I think he might end up being that guy. But there's going to be some competition there. I mean, River Craycraft, he's been hurt. He's going to have to develop. But I do think that Benson has shown that he brings tools to the toolbox that the Broncos haven't had. Yeah. I'm actually surprised you didn't pick Jawan Winfrey. Well, I, I don't consider him that a surprise. I mean, I think that that's what Well, if we're he's picking first-round picks for the uh, surprise. Uh, that's true. I don't, I'm not giving credit to that answer. <laughs> <laughs> um. uh, I mean, I think it – I'll pick Winfrey. Okay. I think it is surprising how quickly and how much he has really added to the offense. He's made some really acrobatic catches. Um, good hands, good routes. He's been a surprise for me. Um, kind of throw out some other names. Since, I mean, we can't cover everyone who's had you know some good days yeah. at camp, but Austin Fort has been a really good uh, mm-hmm. pass-catching tight end. Um, I thought defensively, it's, I think it's really easy to go with offense for these camp yeah, standouts. Exactly. You see a nice catch. You see uh, some good runs. It's easy to kind of go offensively. Defensive. Defensively, um, to go to another draft pick, I've really liked uh, Draymond Jones. He's been working a lot with, like, the third team, but he's been uh, really standing out on the third team. Well, I mean, you're going to, you're going to have to work your way up. Yeah. And I think he's been penetrating a lot on not only uh, with uh, the pass rush, but also in run stopping. I think he's looked really good. Josh Watson is an inside linebacker. Uh, Number 54. Number 54. I'm learning. Yeah. Phil knows some guys. Uh, He's looked pretty good on pass defense, made some good uh, athletic pass breakups. So I've liked uh, I've liked what I've seen from those guys. What about a guy like uh, Devontae Bosby? I think he's uh, showing that maybe he's going to be that fourth cornerback. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a, a guy that Vic knows, so I think that gives him an edge automatically. He's made some plays on the ball. Uh, Vic during OTAs said he's got to be more consistent, and I think having these, that month and a half off between OTAs and training camp really helped him rest because he went straight from an NFL season to a AAF season back to an NFL off-season program, and so he just needed a little time off, I think. Yeah. I asked Vic a couple of days ago, how's he looking now? And he said, much better. Uh, he's got to keep improving. But look, look, like you said, looks like a guy that could maybe slot in behind Isaac Yadam. Um, it should be good. In regards to Josh Watson, he's taking first-team reps. He's been very physical They're looking there. at a lot of guys uh, to fill in for Todd Davis, and we'll get to those injuries in a second here, I think. But, yeah, Alexander Johnson's another name to know there. Um, obviously had first-round talent, hadn't played football in four or five years, uh, and came to the Broncos – last year and mm-hmm. finally now is starting to make an impact so he's a guy that man if he turns out to have first or second round or even third round talent that's a steal because you got him late in camp yeah i just think that uh, some of these guys have been pleasant surprises we're not saying they're definitely going to make the team or be active on game days or anything like that we've just seen five days of practices but i do think that maybe they're going to push some starters at the very least they're going to create some, a little bit of a competitive spirit out there at practice. All right, who's the worst player at training camp? Uh, yeah, <laughs> my favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> I I don't think we need to necessarily go. Okay. Uh, also, one that. question for you: if uh-huh. if you were a fan uh-huh. and you were listening to a podcast and like the expert didn't know anything about the team, is that like is that a good thing or no? Who doesn't know anything about the team? <laughs> you like the no, roster? No, no, no. I know a lot about the team. Got, got it. Yeah, I would consider myself an expert. Thank you. Got it. Uh, I do know about the players. I know all the guys you just talked about. Okay. You just don't know, like, yeah. numbers or... It'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> but I see what I see. You know what I mean? You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your eyes don't deceive you. Phil, who is number 49? That's an excellent question, uh, Ben. <laughs> and I'm really happy that you <laughs> asked oh that. Gosh. Elijah Holder, of course. Looking at his Number phone. 40. Actually, Lies! Actually, erroneous! Erroneous! Malicious! Malicious! There's actually two number 49s. <laughs> yeah, Elijah Holder. And I already told you that the first number 49 is Elijah Holder. The other one, of course, Dave Williams, oh, wow. recent addition to the team, running back who was drafted ahead of Philip Lindsay. Lindsay. Thank you very much, expert. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, I know the. Thank you for the little pop quiz there from uh, A. Swanson. Yeah. I think the listeners have probably had about enough, but just some injuries. Overall injuries. Uh, they've stayed pretty clean so far, which is nice. Uh, knock on, knock, knock on, on my head, head, please. Thank you. Uh, Todd Davis going to miss a few weeks here with a calf injury. They've had some guys sit out a, a day or two. Jake Butts, a guy I'm a little concerned about in terms of getting needs to get back on the field. On the field and eleven on eleven. He's only done He's seven missed on two seven. practices in a row. Mm-hmm. Sore knee is what we've yeah. been told. Uh, Vic has said, "Hey, I'm not concerned with this at this point." But even if it's not an injury concern, he's just got to get on the field. Exactly. You know, and participate in eleven on eleven so he can show what and, he can do. And with Fort stepping up, there's, there's that's a guy who maybe we didn't know about. Yeah. Um, you know, Fumagalli's dealt with a little bit of soreness. Seems like he's okay. Seems like Jawan Winfrey's going to be okay. So, to me, training camp at times is about surviving. And, like, you, you want to get good work in, but you can't afford to have some of these guys go down. Yeah. And that's seriously. what Philip Lindsay said the other day. He said, hey, part of, like, uh, being an unknown, undrafted guy trying to earn a spot, some of it is luck by just being able to stay healthy in practice. Yeah, so hopefully uh, we've got four days of practice coming up here. Starting Wednesday, hopefully people stay generally healthy through that part, but uh, we'll see, I guess. 
we shall see. And that is, you know, part of it is luck. And teams that have a lot of success sometimes have the best luck with injuries. So, you know, it's just a part of playing a physical game, I guess. I mean, you look at the the Falcons started training camp on Monday and had two guys suffer season-ending injuries on the first day. And I think, like, uh, the Texans headed into camp with uh, J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins on PUP. Yep. Broncos didn't have anyone on PUP. Vic did say another injury update here. Vic said Emmanuel's looked better than we thought he was going to look. Yeah. So that's a, that's a really good sign. And he's been going through individual drills at the beginning of practice. Yeah. No team stuff, no seven-on-seven. Seven, but No, he has done some stuff with the offense, though, when they're working on routes and yeah. uh, combinations and stuff like that, which is important. So mentally, I think he's staying where he needs to stay. And it's nice for the other wide receivers, I think, to just see Emmanuel out there and know that, hey, may, we don't forget about this guy. You know, He's a serious weapon uh, that's part of that room. Yeah, if he didn't come on the field, they might just forget he existed. You know, it could happen. He's been on the sideline. He's been offering tips to other wide receivers. Um, so he's been active. He's been an active participant in practice, even if he can't step on the field. Yeah. Do you think that uh, Corlin Sutton forgot that he was around when he said he was going to be wide receiver number one? Or? I think he knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, me too. Yeah. Me too. All right. Well, uh, I think it's time for our shout-out portion, our favorite portion of the podcast, brought to you by uh, – no, we don't have any uh, sponsors. That's weird. I was under the impression that this was – the entire podcast was just the shout-out portion. Well, we've kind of thrown a wrench into the podcast. Swanson has suffered through the football portion, and now he's finally getting to his favorite area. I had to type out a lot of cue cards so that Swanson would know what to say during the football portion. Well, you know, he's got – a different appreciation of the game, the colors, right. the blending the of light. the yeah, the light, the infrared. What does it mean? He tries to have that all come throughout yeah, on his images true. and tell us, Swanson, a little bit about your process of when you as an artiste. You know, who are I, some I of your you? favorite photographers? Are yeah, you a big exactly. tapioca guy? Well, football is a very ethereal um, art. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, He's for those kidding. who are, uh, are probably unaware, um, I do a lot of photography, and I've done some uh, artistic works for uh, some of the stuff that's on the website, including one of Phil's uh, favorite videos of all time. So uh, maybe Phil shouldn't uh, shouldn't be so bad mouthy. Wash your mouth out. Uh, it didn't do a say, lot to explain I will anything. Say that uh, that probably is one of Phil Lindsay's favorite pieces. Uh, I agree with Swanson, Phil Lindsay. Big told, fan yeah, of the 30 for 30 uh, uh, thing 365? Not the 365. Letters to Lindsay. That, I don't think uh, those two have been published just yet. Got it. Okay. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll keep We're an eye out for those. For those? Um, anything going on in the community? Yes. Alzheimer's first, Awareness Day. Alzheimer's Awareness Day. A uh, lot of money. Yes. Which the, is good. Uh, walk to End Alzheimer's is September 14th. I believe so. Still time to uh, join up the effort there. The Broncos uh, matched all donations that were made in person during Alzheimer's Awareness Day, which was last Sunday. Uh, in person and online, you can go to uh, dbron.co forward slash ALZ to donate. So. That's a pre- pretty good like uh, Peter Sagal impersonation there. Like, Thank you very slash, much. Yeah. Forward slash <laughs> wait, wait. That's pretty nice. They actually announced the uh, how much they raised with at the Alzheimer's Awareness Day, seventeen thousand seven hundred and twenty-four dollars and seventy cents. One day. Who pretty do you good. think donated the seventy cents? Was that you, Phil? No. Oh. I donated um, 
So I take the amount that I make yearly, uh-huh. way less than I should be making, yep. of course. So the difference is how much I technically donated. Got it. So the 70 cents was you. <laughs> Got it. I see. Uh, no, I think uh, there's some players out in the community during the Broncos' first off day of training camp. doing. I think one's doing a visit at a children's hospital. Uh-huh. Keyshawn Bieria, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Good for and him to, that's true. to use some of his rare off time to go visit the kids. Hashtag for the kids. Shout out Liz Manis. She is there with him. Yep. Uh, I, th- I don't think Liz Manis has training camp off days. Much she like, does not. Much like, much like a couple of ours. Yeah. Um, so MMA. Yeah. Grinding out here on our off day. And same with uh, a lot of the operations staff. Seriously, here. There are a lot of They staff do a lot of work that, yeah, that it, it takes to make all of this happen, run smoothly. So. A dream come true, you know? Yeah. What is that? A dream come true? I'm just saying that what is? they do a lot to make the dream of training camp come true. Got it. I just was a little confused there. God, that's okay. I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, and so where can we listen to this podcast? Oh, man. Training camp has been going on for so long, I can barely remember. Uh, Stitcher. Like, you um, know, if you're at a training camp and, like, you cut your finger or something, you need a Stitcher. Man, I wanted to say Stitcher. We'll can work, I say tune in? We'll, you can. Tune in. <laughs> we'll work you up to Stitcher, Swanson. Yeah, none. Uh, you cannot listen to Spotify uh, despite what young sack would say well i will say you can't remember we've talked about the workaround there you could download, right, download the, podcast the podcast and then use spotify as your your music player right i mean you could listen you could technically listen on a record player uh can you burn onto a record i guess maybe it would just be a very slow uh, process I think you, you uh, chisel it i think much like a game, the game day magazine. magazine yeah yeah that's true uh, okay, so we got TuneIn, uh, we got Stitcher, and iTunes. Yeah. That's my personal favorite. Um, and then uh, if you have any feedback or comments on the podcast, at Eric Delala with an A. Yeah, it's a little confusing, but yeah, uh, A-R-I-C. Um, at Phil Milani. Not as confusing. S- well, Phil, f- P-H. Like fat. The cool kind of fat. Yeah. And if you thought our Twitter handles were weird... <laughs> Wait until you get a hold of Ben Swanson's. Yeah, it's at Art Institute. Uh, that's not true. I'm at Cardboard Gerald. It's an old... Uh, we don't have time for this. Yeah, I don't have time to really explain it, but uh, uh, from back in my days uh, covering the Charlotte Bobcats, uh, that's where that comes from. You could basically just look at my profile picture and you could probably figure it out if uh, you're aware of who Gerald Wallace is, so... I think he broke the podcast. <laughs> uh, no, Swanson. it's been a pleasure to have Benjamin yeah. T. Swanson. On Swanson, the thank you for coming on. Uh, how was your experience here today? It was good. It was great. You know, I wish I could have roasted y'all a little bit more, but uh, you're impeccable host, so I, I can't really say anything bad about you. I mean, it was very. I, I won't speak for you, Phil, but for your first and presumably last podcast appearance, it was tremendous. Really. Uh, um, added a lot surprised by the knowledge the takes um you're clearly an expert well i was hoping to be able to add a little bit from the sideline so and then uh, i'm sure you'll be busy the rest of the afternoon uh, at the art shop buying new canvases oils um watercolors right all the some of those color by number the books. essentials yeah, yeah the essentials yeah exactly and 
you know, blending of light and all the tools necessary it's not to easy. do that. No. No horizon. Did you know that in Swanson's? Yeah, there's no horizon. Interesting. Well, I've been uh, lucky enough to somehow inherit a, much, a bunch of uh, camera equipment recently, so... Yeah, I wonder how that <laughs> I, I don't know where it all came from, but uh, it's been nice. <laughs> I heard... Well, there's like an empty area in the pit now. The pit. Which is where yeah, we work. Exactly. There's an empty area, and there turned out to be there was all this equipment there. You know, you just you mess with Ra's al Ghul, and you, uh, That's true. you get what's coming to you. That's true. So, yeah, we're... Still no podcast supervisor. No podcast supervisor. And, uh, and several other vacancies as well, I think. It's kind of strange. Ever since the podcast supervisor left, there's been no uh, player guests, no games. Very strange. All right. That's about enough of that. Well, you know, we'll, we might, we'll hope to get a player here at some point. Of course. Yeah. Maybe get we'll some, tell you about some team. media members back. Someone who... It'd be nice to have a guest that contributes to the podcast, you know? Well, it must be very hard for you to find player guests uh, when they're in the building almost 24 hours a day, but it uh, must be more difficult than I realize. <laughs> just like a bad Yelp review. Yeah, yeah. Who is this guy who's just tried to chimed in here? Yeah. Not a way to get a repeat uh, invite. I think we might need to end the podcast to take Let's care of some business. Yeah, exactly. If you don't see any more art on the website, you'll know why. <laughs> Correct. All right, well, that's uh, that's going to do it. We talked about quarterbacks on this episode. We talked about the impact that Vic Fangio, some of his um, beliefs. Impact. Yeah, exactly. The um, you know the effect that he's had on how practices run, and then also um, you know some surprise guys so far through the first five days. We'll be back again uh, later on, uh, maybe after the uh, stadium. Yeah, there's practice. an open practice here, huh? Yeah, exactly. So maybe we'll have a there's a stadium practice next Saturday. Make sure you get free tickets, but you do need a ticket to get in. So uh, make sure to check that out. And um, yeah, and we did a couple of shoutouts there at the end. So thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, for Ben Swanson, Eric Dalala, I am Phil Milani, and you have been listening to the, the Neutral, Neutral Zone. Zone.